emergency? Cheers to the freaking weekend. Drink to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, like it's not the weekend at all. It's not. It's not even close to the weekend. Oh, uh, can the weekend just be here already? Uh, Do you have plans for the weekend? I don't. I thought I did, but I'm over. Yeah, not. I'm rethinking it. <laughs> you <laughs> <Okay>. know, <laughs> I just felt like you know last weekend was the first time I like co-hosted something like a barbecue mm-hmm. that was so tiring i you're <laughs> still tired from last i'm still weekend. tired from yeah and not only that <laughs> i just feel like i haven't had a weekend so far yet where i literally did nothing oh, okay. and i think i want to do nothing this weekend mm. i'm just i'm tired I i'm tired that. i just don't want to do anything it'd be like that sometimes yes yeah. Like, literally, it's crazy, but you do have to plan to not do anything because you will end up doing everything. Everything. Exactly. And so I'm like, I just don't. I, like, I'm so tired. I'm just honestly thinking about my bed all weekend. Oh, I get that. Maybe watching a good movie or something like that. I just don't want to do anything, you know? I definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Make sure my... Having trouble with my your vitals are good, (laughs) and we're back. Okay, (laughs) um, yeah. So, yeah. Do you have any plans this weekend? Do you know what you're doing? Uh, no, not really. I mean, um, there is a birthday party in Mm -hmm. LA, Mm -hmm. um, at the Sugar Factory, Mm -hmm. uh, which I may or may not go to. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just you know we're here in San Diego. It's like, do I really want to drive two hours? To go have a drink at the Sugar Factory in L.A. when there's a Sugar Factory here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then I have to drive back that same night because I have somewhere to be on Sunday. Oh, it sounds so tiring. I know. Does it? It already sounds like a lot. It sounds as exhausting. I, as I was saying it, I got tired. It sounds exhausting, especially after drinking. It's kind of like I don't want to do anything, but I don't want to stay the night out of town. Yeah. You know what I but mean? But I also don't want to drive for two yeah, hours. No. So it's like, ugh. Uh, yeah, it, this weekend just sounds like one of those weekends where you can be so satisfied with not doing a damn thing. Yeah. It Honestly. Might, it might have to be that way. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Um, just going to go ahead and – yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I, I'm i like even tired thinking about doing – I you know, I keep saying I don't want to do anything. What, can, it, have I made it clear that I don't want to do anything this weekend? God, is that not clear enough? Jeez, I'm trying to lose weight. Ugh. <laughs> so that sucks. Let's talk about our problems today. Why don't we do How that? About let that? me let me chug this really quick and talk about my yeah. fucking problems. Oh my god, you guys, we're a cocktail murder. We're a cocktail murder. We drink. We talk about murder yes, right and now. I'm Taj. Oh yeah, I'm honey. <laughs> right now, I'm gonna chug this Zinfandel, and uh, yeah, I'm just gonna vent a little bit. Hold on. Because yeah. something actually popped up today. And okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let's get into it. This is belligerent, you guys. So before our episode starts, we get into a yeah. little section called belligerent, where we literally just rant about anything, anything. and everything. Yeah. What's a podcast without a little ranting? Exactly. Right? I just have to vent. Can I vent? Go ahead. Is that okay? Oops, do your thing. I get a text from a dear friend of mine, lover to death. You know, mm-hmm. we both used to work at the same same company and um yeah we both left around the same time um so anyways 
someone else left whom in which we thought was kind of like on our side. It was just a whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Honestly, the owner fucking sucks. And I know everyone's going to be like, oh, but you got to forgive and you got to do this and you got to do that. Yeah, I'm working Why? on that. But he <laughs> – exactly. I'm working on that. But no, when someone is a literal dick and an asshole, like it's okay to fucking say that, right? Right. So anyways – I get a text that uh, the third person who left, um, she went back to the company. Hmm. So, and it's funny because she sends us a text and calls us and is like, just as mad as we are, you know? And I'm like, yes, you know, I'm not the only one who feels how I feel. Right. Um, and then I just, you know, I find out today that uh, the owner calls her and offers her job back. And that just pissed me off. And why did that piss you off? One, it pissed me off because I'm a better worker than she is. Mm. One. One. Mm -hmm. One. Two, it pissed me off even more because don't come on our side talking all this shit, having all this rage and be like, yeah, I'm with you guys. And then as soon as the opportunity has it where you don't have to be with us as soon as you can take that chance to go back to uh, the person who treated us like shit you go back like yeah. I not only do did I feel betrayed by the owner now I feel betrayed by her right you know what I mean it just like and I know it do sounds you, stupid and it sounds crazy feel but some I just, type of uh, way because he did not call you he did not he never called job. me and all the, even he could still call me, even if I still lived in the area, I still wouldn't take it back just mm-hmm. because it's a super toxic working yeah, environment, you yeah, know? Absolutely. But she, I mean, there were other things that happened. Like he called her and apologized to her. I never received an apology. Oh. And I've worked there longer. I've he's known me longer. I've known him longer. And we I felt like we had a closer uh relationship than he did with her. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it just got me thinking, you know, we always talk about toxic work environments. Honestly, like it just reminded me. It's like because I still, even though I just, you know, I'm talking shit, whatever, it's because I'm venting. Mm-hmm. I still do, you know, I won't call her my friend, but I still care about her. And it's mm-hmm. almost like watching a friend going back into a toxic relationship oh. after they've left, after they rant and and talk about and have all this release of like, yeah, it's it's a toxic working environment, blah blah blah. And, you know, like I'm this better person and right. I'm I'm about peace now and then you go running back. And then you go right back. Yeah. yeah. It's, it so it's like, like I just an, have a mix. Toxic yeah. So I just have like a mix emotions of like, damn, like don't do that. Like you're. Well, do you think that, and this is just outside looking in, yeah, kind of, of playing devil's advocate a mm-hmm. little bit. Do you think that maybe she left the job and couldn't um, find another job or was having a hard time? And so yeah. she was like, dude, like at some point I'm going to have to get something and pay my bills and maybe that's why I think that's ex- that's absolutely what it is. I mm-hmm. think what it is is that he offered her more money and I know that because at one point I actually quit that job before I officially quit this time. Mm-hmm. I actually quit the job at first and he offered me more money and mm-hmm. I went back. And so I'm like seeing this pattern of what this guy does and I just I just want to say this like in any toxic relationship, especially with work, somehow, some way, get your power back. 
Because even like yeah. I'm just like a prime example of someone who even left. Again, I'm viewing this as a toxic relationship. It is still affecting me. And mm-hmm. I am at a really good job right now with really good pay. My boss is fucking dope as shit. Mm-hmm. He fucking goes surfing and shit. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm I'm in a really good environment and I'm still affected by that fucking company. Yeah. To the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to block everybody who works there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I, you know, let me do that right now. <laughs> no, like, I mean, and it's like, yeah, and I love, the, I mean, I've gained. The fucked up part is that you haven't been there in almost a year now. And, um, yeah, and so And long, the fact and that months. it's still affecting you yeah. is no bueno. It's not cool, you yeah. know? But because at some point it was like my whole life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and I thought about it, right? And I'm like, why am I so fucking bothered? Because I can have all these mixed emotions. Like, what is it? And I just felt like, here's the thing, because I, I read about this too. Um, and so basically they say that if you go into a job interview and they say, oh yeah, we're like a family, that means that you should run. Because they're saying that you should put your life before, mm. uh, or you should put your life after your job. Like put your work before your job. That's mm-hmm. basically what that means. And they're they're going to ring you out for all that you have. And when I first started working there, I'm thinking, oh, like they that means they care about me. So I put my life like on hold. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Working there and then. Well, your commute was like two hours every morning my commute was two hours and then I got into a car accident he did not once say turn back around and take care of what you have to take care of yeah he so expected me expected you to, to come, come in, in. And you it know it was a bad wreck like you got in it a was bad wreck. fucking bad yeah like yeah. I don't have a car right now because of it <laughs> you know what I mean so yeah it just I just had to vent. I had to get that off my chest. Yeah. Moral of the story is, man, leave your toxic work environments and don't go back for more money because your piece is not worth the salary that they're offering. Yeah. Honestly, it's just, it's really not. It's, and I, we all see like examples, even when I, before I was a manager there, I even saw the manager fucking go crazy and had to go to therapy and shit, trying to please the boss, trying to please the owner, trying to please everyone in, you know, this firm. Um, and then eventually he fired her. Wow. And she and it's so funny because she warned me mm-hmm. too, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, damn, but I was so young, so naive. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, that this is a great position. I'm gonna take it anyways. Mm-hmm. And I was getting gonna get paid more. None of that is worth it, guys. Yeah. So just fucking just remember that, <sighs> you know, they need you more than you need them. Exactly. And yeah, and just like you said, it's never worth it. Like your piece is never worth it you know you should always your piece is priceless you know there's like it's so crazy because the generation before us they were in and before them and before them they were generations of literally working yourself into the ground literally literally they did not like like even like our parents still they don't believe in taking your vacation days like they feel like if you take your vacation days and that means you're not a good worker when Mm -hmm. like legally i am supposed you're allotted that exactly Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's like we i i just i love how things are going for the newer generations i'm going to say millennials on down because Mm -hmm. i think we have a better understanding of like listen like we are living on this earth yeah and what we're not gonna do is wake up stressed every fucking period. day period and not be able to 
like we only have one life like mm-hmm. and you're telling us we're not allowed to enjoy it yeah because we have to work and and try to make this money in order to keep a roof over our heads like yeah. it's just crazy so exactly no it is and uh, i just want to say like i mean the goal is to wake up like you said not stressed you don't want to wake up and first the first thing you think about is oh i have to do this at work i have to do that because even at my old job like i i had to think i thought about everything yeah from the moment i woke up from the you know the last thing at night i thought about work 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 i was so fucking stressed out and now is the first time in a long time that i like i'm finally like of course like a part of me thinks about work but it's not it doesn't take over my life it's not running my life anymore you know i finally have a fucking social life thank god yeah you know i couldn't even have one before but yeah like it's just just honestly if you're contemplating quitting quit (laughs) <laughs> honestly yeah like, yeah if it if it disturbs you if you're stressed the fuck out yeah if it's, if it's hurting you more than helping you like mm-hmm. yeah i i would say quit or take a fucking um month off for mental health take mental yeah. health leave yeah i know that there are more people taking those days off i know my um old mentor she took a year off mm. of work for mental health mm. and she just took a mental health break and it helped her so much and actually when she came back to work she was like better than ever wow um and she didn't go back to the same job she did go to mm. a different company but she was able to take the time mm. throughout that year to figure out what she wanted to do mm-hmm. and so she Rest. found a job in her field that she absolutely loved and she's just living her best life right now oh that is amazing and it's all because she like she took a year just yeah. to like fucking reset reconvene with yourself because it's like fucked up when we're working for someone and especially if it's in a toxic work environment Mm -hmm. we don't even have like the capacity to think about ourselves anymore no way you know so it's like we don't even know what we want we don't even know what direction we're trying to go in anymore Mm -hmm. because we're so stressed out exactly what we're currently doing so yeah i i'm sorry that you're going through that yeah once again it sucks to hear that it's been almost a year and it's still affecting you. Yeah. Like, talk about toxic. Exactly. You know? like, that's why. And I'm like, the fact, and that's the one thing that I notice. I'm like, you know, and I say this every time. I'm like, oh, damn, I still need to heal from this. I still. And so with that, I'm like, okay, for real this time, let me sit down and think about why I'm really upset. You know what right. I mean? Let me dig deep and, and think about what it is. And I mean, I, of course, I can blame everyone else. Of course, I can blame him because, yes, he is an asshole and I do not like him whatsoever. <laughs> that is a bridge that I will forever burn and be fucking happy about. Mm-hmm. Even if he apologizes, I still wouldn't give a fuck about him. Mm-hmm. Just throwing, just FYI. But anyways, I thought about. <laughs> It. I'm like, why am I still so fucking bothered? And Dude. yeah, it was just I couldn't blame anyone but myself for being sucked into that term. We're like a family. So I it was like a false thing of like, okay, this employer will care about me. Yeah. And you know, it's like you're you're stuck in that cycle like a lot of um our baby boomers were stuck in or still are stuck mm-hmm. stuck in that like hey my employer is going to take care of me but your company does not give a fuck about you and that's the bottom line they, they never give a fuck about you. you as soon as they feel they need to as soon as I, they like, yeah as soon as your services are done going around and it yeah. says like if you died today they will fill your position tomorrow exactly it takes and if that it just takes two weeks 
Yeah. Two so weeks. I don't I don't know why like the baby boomers had that mindset of like, dude, even okay, even at my job our job, yeah. um, there is someone that works there and she is always stressed out and to be quite honest, she stresses herself out. But anyways, <laughs> <What> the, <yeah. laughs> anyways, so she was venting to me one day and she was just like, dude, like I'm I just don't know if I could do this anymore. I'm so stressed out. I don't have the capacity to deal with um any yeah. more of the shit that they're giving me and I'm just like and then she's like I got a job offer from somewhere else that is like more than half of her salary I mean more than double her salary so I'm just like oh I would take that job offer in a heartbeat but her being a baby boomer was like but if I leave here then what's gonna happen if I leave here then all of this is gonna fall apart let it burn then let it fall apart dude like let it fall apart she's been at this company for a good amount of time and is not even making half yeah. the amount that this new company is hiring her yeah. for or asking her for or whatever yeah. and she's just like i just i don't know and then she tells me she's like you'll ha- like but you would have to pick up some of like the stuff that i would leave behind I'm and so like, be it i had to tell her you don't even need to be worried about me exactly yeah and if you're not gonna take that job bitch, yeah. tell me because exactly. i will apply in a quickness exactly like which leads me to a different point. Like, and that's why I'm like, I, the reason why I have to let it go is because he is being nothing but a corporate shark. Yeah. And I took the fucking bait, you know, yeah. I just got chewed up. And so with that, your thought process is don't give a fuck about me. Cause at the end of the day, you're not going to give a fuck about your coworkers. And we, and exactly. that's right. Exactly. And my mistake, exact. So my mistake was giving a fuck and I should not have given a no, fuck. The first time I quit to get, I was, you know, I applied and was offered a, you know, a pretty decent, actually a position lower than what I was in, but going to get paid more. Mm-hmm. I should have just taken that. And like the commute was like 10 fucking minutes. Like it was amazing. But instead I allowed him to talk me into mm, more money. Same. He, mm-hmm. he, leveraged you know what the other company was gonna pay and was like fine i'll crunch some numbers and pay Mm. you more you know he was a shark and like he was a fucking shark like more money is good of course but yeah don't let that be the your incentive it's just just not worth it if you're gonna be stressed the fuck out exactly it's it's not worth it yeah exactly yeah so i mean moral to it in the corporate world don't give a fuck yeah, it's as go simple in as and that. do your job. And, and honestly, I, I think the most fucked up thing too is like a lot of people are in these stressful ass jobs and it's not even like in their career path. Mm-hmm. It's not even like the place where they're like when it, wanting mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. And so I think definitely if you are super stressed over a job that's nowhere near yeah. where you want to be. A d- leave and leverage yourself yeah i mean it bit him in the ass because a really uh really nice star player paralegal came in for a few months and then uh, got her little experience as a first-time lawyer and then took his salary and went elsewhere (laughs) that's the type of attitude so it bit him in the ass but that's the type of attitude though you should have everyone every that's the type of attitude you should should have a step stool exactly and not always in a bad way either um charlamagne the god always says if you're not useful you're used wait if i if i cannot use you you, you're you're useless useless. Mm -hmm. and so that's not always a bad thing i think we should all be step ladders for each other yeah but especially if it's gonna stress you out don't go in there all emotional exactly and attached to these 
to these to pe- stools. Yeah, <laughs> and that's because they're not – and like as fucked up as it is, they're not people. Yeah, exactly. Your working environment is not people unless you're building something for yourself. Yeah. Like for instance, with cocktail murder, like – I would never screw you over. You would never screw me over. Like, and I'm sure even in, of course, people screw each other over, screw each other over in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. But like, um, from what, you know, we, from what's presented to us in the, um, in the podcasting networks that we are very well interested in it, you know, they seem like they're very fair. You know what I mean? But if you're in a corporate, hopefully, exactly. You're still new to this. (laughs) Exactly. I know. But if you're in corporate America, shit in general, like, and you sense a shark, then be a fucking shark. Don't get attached. That was my mistake is that I, I got too attached. So don't be attached. Keep your head up. Yeah. Make sure you know what you what you want. Exactly. Exactly. To that. What's your intention? Yeah. What if your intention is to grow within that company? Make sure you make the moves to Mm -hmm. grow within the company. If your intention is literally just to get some. to get some knowledge and experience and then right. move on, make sure you do that. Do not find yourself in a company for 15 years talking about this was just for the experience. No. No, <laughs> keep, no bitch, you there. <laughs> you there. Okay, you know who's first? I believe I'm first. Okay. Um, so here we go. We're just going to get into it. Okay. Sahil Kazimi is from Iran. When she was five years old, her mother was murdered. She, so yeah, so it starts off crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, uh. Yeah. So (laughs) off the bat, she's living a pretty uh, traumatic childhood. Um, she immigrated to Jacksonville, Florida at 13 years old, and, um, somehow she moved, she managed to move to Nashville at 16 years old with a boyfriend named Keith. I'm always so intrigued by immigrants that, um, immigrate to, like, the most random places in America. I know, and it seems so random, right? Because, like... You have your popular states like California and New York, and I guess yeah. Florida could be popular. Oh, listen, I mean, but Jacksonville, Florida, yeah, it, it just it, sounds yeah. so like I don't know. No. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Like, like you know, we have family in Columbus, Georgia, and that is like a fucking yeah town. Okay? Yeah, that like <laughs> literally nobody ever knows about, and it's just like when you see like it, yeah. it's mostly like black or white yeah. and so it's just funny when you see like little sprinkles Asian, of, yeah. and i'm just like oh my god there's asians here like it's yeah the craziest thing. it is yeah no for sure <laughs> for sure um especially because we know the reputation of like these towns and cities and right. like or like the southern states or whatever right so mm-hmm. it's like oh did you do your research yeah. oh okay wow <laughs> you decided to move here huh okay um okay Throughout her teens, Sahil struggled with anxiety and past trauma. I mean, her mother was murdered, and then during a vital age at 13, she moves to a completely different fucking country, you know, from Iran to the United States, and not only the United States, uh, Florida. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, at that. um, So, I'm sure she definitely struggled when, you know, in trying to adjust and, um, you know, all that fun stuff. Sahil broke up with uh, the boyfriend that she was living with, basically living her life, and then started working at Dave & Buster's. She was 19, struggling financially, um, and then she met the NFL star quarterback, Steve McNair. 
Steve had a wedding ring when he met Sahil. He was married for over 10 years at the time with Lachelle. Um, they had two boys together, plus two other sons from a, from previous encounters um, that he had. Um, as a 19-year-old, Sahil didn't care. She saw this as an opportunity financially and thought like, damn, you know, I want to date a successful man. So technically this would be her first successful man yeah, or her first athlete. dude with money. And he's an NFL football player. Um, I mean, I think that happens um, a, a lot with girls, mm -hmm. like it, especially if they meet an athlete, any man with money. I mean, yeah. men with money, they usually have mistresses, okay? They mm -hmm. usually have some Absolutely. side pieces. So, yep. yeah, I don't, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, of course she's not going to, she's going to be okay with it. <laughs> exactly. And she was. Um, so, um <clears throat> He owned a restaurant and he was worth 50 million. Um, at the time, he was 35 years old when he was worth 50 mil. Again, NFL ball player, whatever. And she's a 19 year old. Uh, I don't know if she was a bartender or just a waitress um, working at Dave and Buster's. Don't really have money. Fuck it, right? I mean, you're just, you're young, you're living life. It just is what it is. Yeah, she's just living her best life. Yeah. They started taking trips everywhere together from Florida to Vegas to basically all the hot spots in the United States. Um, they were just living their life together, honestly. Um, they met each other's families. So um, it was to the point where Sahil felt like, hey, we're meeting each other's families, so this must be getting fucking serious. Um, he told her that he was getting a divorce and that they were going to separate. He's just waiting on the right time and they just have kids together. So basically, whatever. It's just a, the whole same old song. Um, she would explain to her family that he will be getting a divorce and um, she was slightly skeptic. Um, Therefore, he would just, like, buy her gifts and stuff. So on her 20th birthday, he bought her um, a new black Cadillac Escalade. That used to be my dream car. In I know, right? I remember. So crazy. Yeah. It is still nice. <laughs> it to is. Say. It's yeah. very nice. It really is. Um, Steve was a professional football player. Therefore, he can always get girls and any female he wanted, just like you said. So it was reported um, that he allegedly had a condo where he would take all of his mistresses, which is correct. So in the condo, Sahil knew about that condo and uh, because she would be there. Mm -hmm. um, and she thought she was the only mistress. Um, but one day, Sahil watched a woman leave the condo. And therefore, she felt like it was clearly, in, you know, another mistress mm -hmm. that he had. Um, she confronted Steve about this and he denied it. Um but Sahil kind of wasn't having it, so she was, like, stalking the girl, you know, found her, like, credentials yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I mean, of course. Stalked her. I mean, they said that she would, like, follow her around, but I think... Oh, wait. I don't, think, I don't think she followed her around. I think it was, like, because this was, like, um, early 2000s, approaching, like, 2009 at the time, so, like, I'm sure she was on Facebook or some shit. I don't know. Like, I'm no, sure it was cyberstalk. Um... So on July 1st of 2009, Sahil went back to the condo with Steve. Sahil found used condoms, mm. which is the worst thing anyone could find. If I if I'm seeing used a guy, 
crazy. I know. If I'm seeing a guy and I go to his place or whatever and I see – if I see anything, like, I'm tripping, right? But used condoms, I'm fucking – I'm – I'm going crazy. Yeah. I'm going crazy. I'm fucking your shit up. Okay, so especially if I'm supposed to be the only mistress. No. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, but you're the mistress, so can you really be, like, upset? Because it's clear that he's... I'm just going to say, if you're a mistress, never assume you're the only mistress. Never assume. Because, like, he's not... It wasn't known that he was separated. Like, that was just what he told her. Mm -hmm. That wasn't something that was, like, an official thing. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Okay, so... Okay, so she found the used condoms, and instead of going crazy, she just took a step back and was like, fuck it, and started to fling with her ex, Keith. Um, Which... You know, okay, hey, do what you do. I mean, (laughs) he is fucking somebody else, so so can you, right? Um, It's an open relationship, apparently. Um, (laughs) So she was messing around with both guys, whatever. On July 2nd, Sahil placed ads on Craigslist to sell her furniture as she was still going through financial problems. So, of course, uh, Steve didn't really alleviate her finances. He would buy her gifts, but he wouldn't pay her bills. He wouldn't. So, yeah, whatever. Um, on the night of July 2nd, Sahil and Steve, uh, they were out and about, um, had a few drinks, and Sahil and Steve were riding around in the black Escalade that he bought. They got pulled over, and the police knew it was Steve as he was in the NFL and was arrested for a DUI the year prior. The cops had them both get out of the vehicle, and they were both impaired. But since Sahil was drunk and driving, she was the one who got arrested. Um, and Steve got picked up by, like, a friend, right? That sucks. I'm oh, sh- man, that sucks. Right. I'm sure she was nervous. So she asked if Steve can go to the cop car to kind of talk to her and, like, comfort her a bit because like this is her first time getting arrested she's still young it's still young my biggest fear is literally getting arrested i listen lyft and uber please like don't (laughs) do not especially if you're with a guy and he's too drunk or if you're with friends and they're too drunk and you've been drinking too but you're not as drunk as the person you're with it doesn't fucking matter be responsible Mm -hmm. just be responsible don't be stupid um yeah just Anyways, um, yeah, so Sahil was drunk. Uh, She asked him to come to the cop car. Well, she asked the cop if he can come back uh, to the car to kind of talk to her. So the cop was like, okay, fine, whatever. So he did, uh, but then Steve left. So the cop came back. Sahil asked what happened, and the cop... So there was, like, a a footage of... um, Video footage of the encounter, and... Or the cop cam or whatever, from the cop cam. And, like, basically the cop explained, like, so I I asked him, because that's what you wanted, um, I asked him to come back to talk to you, and he said no and left. Oh, shit. That's fucked up. She was able to, um... Uh, what's it called? Blah, blah, blah. Um... Sorry. Yeah, so she was able to make a few phone calls. She did end up having to spend the night in jail. Um, She was able to call Steve. He did answer, and she asked him to bail her out of jail. Um, He said, of course, he'll bail her out. So he did bail her out of jail. However, he did not pick her up. So with that, she was pissed off. See, be careful who you fucking. Be careful who you're fucking. Because. Be careful who you're fucking. 
If you cannot call the person you're fucking to help you out, to pick you up, to be by your fucking side, bro. Especially at a time like that. And not only that, like, even if you can call and he doesn't come through, just because he bailed her out, sure, he which is fine, but, like, there was no comfort. as he fucking should, right? Like... As he should. And then... Which was probably when they were drinking, when they were anyways. drinking, he had her fucking drive, right. which is like, which means he doesn't really give a fuck about her well-being. Yeah, no, not really. If he didn't pick her up from jail, he doesn't give a fuck. If she asked that he come comfort her and he couldn't and come he left. comfort her, he and left. he left instead. Yeah. Yeah. You should not be fucking that person. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. Jesus. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so she was pissed off and Steve basically didn't give a fuck. Um, but, uh, a note that I just want to add is that a few days prior to Sahil's arrest, she purchased a gun from a random man who had no business selling guns, but whatever. Mm -hmm. He, the man said that, you know, and this is like kind of anonymous through him. Anyways, whatever. He said that he was hesitant to sell her the gun. Um, but she was basically like, no, I need this, you know? So he, you know, she's young. So, um, you know, anyone would think, okay, maybe she needs to protect herself, whatever. And then he like taught her how to, um, use a gun and everything. So anyway, so that's just something to keep in mind as we move on with this story. So he'll send Steve a text the next day and they've been arguing back and forth for like a day or two, whatever. Um, and Sahil is texting him saying, you know, I still want to be with you. I still love you. Do you love me? And he said, yes, I love you, baby. That's in the text. And he's saying all that all while he's laid up with a different female in the condo, which I'm sure Sahil knew about. Um, Sahil the next night is saying that she's stressed and she needs him um, and uh, would like to meet him at the condo and he's saying okay well let me put the kids to bed it's gonna be late um, but I'll meet you after I put the kids to sleep so he puts the kids to sleep and he ends up going out to a bar with his friends (gasps) instead of instead of coming to her fucking rescue be be careful who you're fucking be careful who you're yes. fucking. Be know careful who you're who, fucking. Know who, that's it. That's the key. Know who you're fucking. Let me say this. Uh, one time I sprained my wrist and it took one phone call for me to be like, come back. Because mm-hmm. I'm in pain. And mm-hmm. came back with food. Even though I was still mad. But <laughs> still <laughs> came back with food. I mean, bottom line, it was nothing. Okay, yeah. let me drop everything. Yeah. And I, you know, it's one of those things. It's you just, just it's so simple to just yeah. uh be a good person. Exactly. It's, <laughs> and that's the thing. That's all it takes. Especially to the person that you like. And and the person that you're opening yourself up to. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's yeah. And yeah. and in this case because you know, for me I have an issue with not communicating sometimes. And I just think oh you should know like based on the little hints that I'm that I'm yeah. giving that you should know what to do. But in Sahil's case, she's communicating. Like, yeah. whatever. But anyway, so he still ends up going to the bar. He leaves around 12 a.m. to head to the condo in which he gets dropped off by a friend. Um... Okay, so in the there were there was a text where he said I'm on my way. She said, "Okay." He goes, "I'm at the door," and she said, "I'm gonna go open the door." So he walks in. She opens the door, and then hours upon hours, 
go by. He had plans the next day, and no one heard from him. Oh, shit. A friend of of Steve knew um, exactly where he was and so he was like shit he's probably at the condo let me go let me go get this nigga basically mm-hmm. so he goes to get Steve um, he opens the door and he finds Steve and Sahil laid out um, on the floor in a puddle of blood oh shit um I'm like, I know who Steve McNair is, but I don't know why I've never heard this before. Really? Oh, wow. I have no idea who Steve McNair was <laughs> until, I, until I, yeah, read this. Um, okay, so when the police arrived, they find that um, due to the multiple gunshot wounds and how she was found laying on top of him, they, he was shot four times and she shot herself once, laid on, and it was a fatal shot. Your suicide. That they ruled that it was a murder suicide. Whoa. So they Girl. determined with the murder suicide that this was a rage kill due to the multiple shotguns, um, and um, this was a crime of passion. Um, and unfortunately, that is the case of Steve McNair. Wow girl yeah what is up okay so like we just got off of our ig live i know right isn't that crazy? <laughs> that's why it's so funny because like the yeah mistress yeah. done butchered the yeah. grandson and the her lover's wife to death yeah. like what what is up with, with these, these stories women yeah exactly and it's like the side bitches that are it's, like it's the side bitches going crazy it's always a, listen you guys be fucking careful Dude. you guys and you know we talk about even us females yeah be careful who we're fucking but guys need to be careful who they're fucking too very true honestly they really need to be careful who they're towing with or toying with because even um on the instagram live we said like in the beginning like you know with that wife they thought like um, uh, she said that she thought that they were gonna get married, and I was like, yeah, she thought that she was gonna get married because he said they were gonna get married. Yeah, he proposed he led to her, her to believe and that's that the they thing. It's like, married. guys, you have to be honest. You have to tell the fucking truth. You know, yeah. I've seen so many toxic future memes or whatever, but there was one that actually resonated. And it's actually low key game, stupid, but low key game. It basically said like, you know. You don't have to lie to a female because she would be willing to lie to herself. And if she's willing to lie to herself, then yeah, that's the one you can fuck with. That's the one you can tell the truth. You don't have to lie. You don't have to sneak because she will lie to herself. But for the ones who really want you and want your heart, you be careful because they might fucking kill you. (laughs) Honestly, they really might. Yeah, Literally, they might kill you. Yeah. Uh, That is wild. That is wild. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's, that's the, you know, her name is Sahil uh, Kazimi or Kazimi, but, um, but in actuality, in actuality, this is the unfortunate case of Steve McNair. Yeah, wow, that is crazy. I'm yeah. just like, I just looked him up. I'm like, and it was, looking at their pictures, yeah. and just, wow, that is so wild. And it was definitely premeditated, right? Because a few days prior, she purchased the gun. And well, I'm going to guess it was premeditated. So she had planned this out. I'm assuming, so in the text messages, while it is reported that he was indeed in the condo with a different woman, when she texted him, it was like, I still want to be with you. Do you love me? And when she asked 
the in the text message when she asked do you love me i can honestly see her being camped out outside the condo mm. i can see that mm-hmm. for sure damn for sure without a doubt I mean, she was clearly crazy. No, 100%. 100%. Dude, that's yeah. wild. What a story. Yeah. And stop, like, here's the thing, like, and like I said before, listen, like, there are some girls who are down to be side pieces, and they are just like, okay with that. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's not fine, but whatever. Some girls are okay with it. There are, there are groups of people that are okay with it. But my thing is like, if you are gonna be a mistress or a side piece or a side bitch to me, that's yeah. what I'm gonna call you. Is like, you are a side bitch, yeah. dude. Like, don't be mad. What is you mad for? You have no right. You have no. You have no place. You have no entitlement at all. You have, and it is. I mean, it sounds harsh, but it's true. You, if you are a side bitch and you are agreeing to being a side bitch, you're. It's. It's like an employment term. Yeah, it's, like a real shit. It's yeah. like you're kind of being paid to be quiet due to with trips and with little gifts here it's, and there. Yeah. Um, stay in your place. It just seems like you know what you're getting yourself into. So exactly. Just, exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yep. Okay. All right, my story is going to be about Zazel Preston. Oh, okay, Zazel. Hmm. Zazel or Zizi for short. Oh, that's cute. That's I think a cute. Zizi Zizi. Cute. Oh my god. No. Okay, so early morning, December 25th of 2011, Mm -hmm. William Wallace and his wife, Zazelle Preston, sat in the living room together and watched their children open up their Christmas gifts. They were eight years old, three years old, and they also had a seven-week-old baby. Mm -hmm. Everything went like a normal Christmas morning, except Zazelle was unusually quiet. She was also... She was um, quiet, she was sitting on the couch, and she was watching the kids, but she had her sunglasses on. Apparently, she and her husband, William, attended a Christmas party the night before, and she was getting over a hangover. So she was just like, yeah. Yeah. When the kids asked what was wrong with mommy, William replied, she got drunk and ruined Christmas. Oh, That's so rude. I know. Like, damn, making my head hurt. Like, she got drunk in her own. Like, we'll take care of me. And also, you don't have to disclose that to the kids. Or, right, that is rude. You yeah, know what you I mean? It's good. Yeah, How your mom got drunk. Tired? Yeah, like, oh, she she's not feeling well. Yeah, you know, but like, behind closed doors, be like, bitch, you ruined, you know, do what you right, gotta do. Yeah. But in front of the children. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Okay. Anywho. So, um, <laughs> the family, uh, William and uh, the kids left her alone to rest. Mm-hmm. But by 9.30 in the morning, William made a phone call to 911. When they answered, all he said was that his wife needed medical attention. The paramedics arrived and saw Zazel still sitting on the couch with her sunglasses on, but she was not breathing. What? They pronounced her dead at the scene. 
Zazel Preston was known to be kind, forgiving, and compassionate. She was very motivated and was attending school to become a domestic violence counselor and was just weeks away from graduating. This is really ironic because she was in an incredibly abusive marriage herself. I wasn't able to find out how she met William, but uh, she lived in fear throughout their entire relationship. He wasn't just abusive in private, but in public too. So everyone knew how terrible he was and begged her to get out to get out of it basically all of her family and friends were like dude like you do not need to be in here but no matter what she would always go back to him or stay with him Mm. um in 2008 william pleaded guilty to beating and threatening to kill her he did a whopping 18 days in prison for that jesus christ he immediately returned to his abusive behavior after that and they just stayed together and continued to beat her, made threats to her. And according to her friends and family, he tried to kill her multiple times. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. While she was pregnant, a friend of Zazel was driving and found her in the street. Mm. Zazel said that he had beat her and left her out there to die. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, since she was pregnant, she felt she needed to go back to him. So this man was like disgustingly evil. And one of his quotes that he would say was, if she can take another breath, she can take another hit. Oh my God. This man was gross. So evil, so abusive. And it sucks because I've heard that a lot of women in abusive relationships, they once they get pregnant or they will get pregnant because they think mm-hmm. having a child is gonna it's change, change yeah. their behavior. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, that never happens. Yeah. It just, that does not happen. Yeah. And so she ended up getting beat. And then it's even worse because she's pregnant. I mean, left on the yeah. street to die with his baby in your yeah. belly. Like, that is crazy to me. Yeah. It's just, are just gross. Yeah. And the abuse, will, yeah, the abuse will progressively get worse, though, too. Exactly. That's the thing. Exactly. It'll always get no worse. No matter how much they say sorry, how much they say, how much they do think it they've again. changed. Yeah. Or convince you that they've changed. It's it, it not going to get better, I'll get tell worse. you that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so three days before December 25th, the day that she died, mm-hmm. she confided in a family member saying she wanted to leave him. But unfortunately, she didn't get the chance. Mm-hmm. Because the day, December 25th, Christmas, um, when she was found by the paramedics on her couch, they took a quick look at her body and they knew something wasn't right. And so they called the police to survey the scene. When police arrived, they found blood throughout the residence, numerous holes in the walls, and a door off of the hinges. They knew it was something more than just medical attention that she needed. They questioned him and even told him, it looks like a domestic violence situation up in here. Like, Mm. your trip, like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. He confessed saying that they were drinking and during the argument, I quote, I tossed her around a little bit. He then said... A little bit. A little bit. He then said that she tripped and hit her head on the coffee table, on the glass coffee table, and he thought that it may have given her a concussion, and that is how she died. 
The police immediately arrested him because clearly, nigga, you're whooping her ass. Absolutely. Like, that's you didn't very just clear. toss her around a little bit, you fucking... Right. Yeah. And he was sent to jail on $1 million bail. Of course, he could not pay that. He wasn't able to pay it. So he ended up staying in jail, awaiting trial for nine years. Oh my God. Nine years. Holy shit. Awaiting trial. I actually saw, um, I don't know how true this is. This was a tweet, but if this number is skewed, I do know it's a very high number. It said that 70% of people in jail are, have not been convicted. Wow. 70% of people right now, they are still just awaiting trial, which is like so sad because, well, in this case, it's not sad. Clearly you need to be in prison. Absolutely. But, um, but to know that there are men like, uh, the story of Khalif Browder, Mm -hmm. he was a young man from, I believe he was from Brooklyn or I mean, New York at least. And he was held on Rikers Island in a fucking, in the cage in solitary confinement for allegedly stealing a backpack <laughs> and he was just a wow. waiting child so he was there for like three years or something crazy for like allegedly that. stealing a backpack. and he was a minor he was only 16 wow. years old wow. and they just kept pushing out his his trial kept pushing it out kept pushing it out and and if you guys know the story of Khalif Prouder he ended up coming out and being in solitary confinement really yeah. fucked would, would fuck yeah. anybody up but especially 16 year old yeah. kid um, and he ended up taking his own life so those are like over allegedly stealing a backpack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was just so fucked. You would up. think that the courts would push that as a priority case because the urgency is whether or not this person should be convicted. Right. Exactly. I don't think urgent cases should be cases like this, where it's like you know what, this motherfucker needs to sit in jail anyways because this person I mean, he's, he's already been to jail for yeah it, it, hurting her for for cases of 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 people who are clearly danger to uh, you know a danger right. to society yeah, kick, yeah just kick their cases down the road for sure right. but with cases like minor cases like that get it get it over boy. with get it over with because what if they're fucking innocent which a backpack come on yeah, Come and on. he ended up being innocent in the yeah, end. Anyways, exactly. Yeah, so for cases where there is a good chance that the person is innocent, and then also a minor case like that, yeah, or especially with, a minor, or with a minor, yeah, 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 it's on Rikers Island. Uh, That's I just, crazy. yeah, so crazy. So anyway, so yeah, so he was in jail awaiting trial for nine years. During his nine years of awaiting trial, an autopsy was performed on his wife, Sazelle. They found that she died from blunt force trauma to the head. Oh, my God. They said it looked as if she had been hit in the head over and over and over again. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. They also found that she had died around 1 a.m. that morning. So he actually killed her dragged her body to the living room and propped it up with the sunglasses. Fuck, that is so creepy. Before telling the kids to come open the presents. So that whole time oh, she was sitting there creepy on the couch watching the kids open presents, she was actually dead. Dead. That is fucked up. The fact up. that he would even do that is psychotic. No, yeah, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Imagine the trauma that the kids are gonna have when they to go through. Found out that when their they mom found was out that their mom was actually dead the whole time. time. 
on Christmas that's morning. That's fucked up. That is, that's fucked up. Just crazy. Wow. Okay. So, um, after the nine years of awaiting trial in jail on June of 2021, this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. William Wallace was convicted of second-degree murder and was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison. 15 years to he life, so that's also his also given credit for the nine years he was already No! Married. Are you kidding me? Isn't that crazy? No, because he wasn't convicted then. That shouldn't be a thing. No. Dude. No. So, like, the crazy thing is, like, his, um, like, whatever, his attorneys or whatever, their story is that she did actually slip and hit her head on the coffee table, got a concussion or whatever, and then, like, with it not being treated, that's how she died. But the, the prosecutor and shit, they're like, honestly, we don't give a fuck if he's, if that's what happened. You've been abusing her your entire relationship. He's been beating her ass. Yeah, he's been beating her ass. So, okay, maybe if she did slip and hit her head on the coffee table. You don't belong that to doesn't, be free. That's not yeah. going to kill her. What killed her was you beating her in the head over and over and over and over. And then maybe if she did slip and hit the coffee table, that was the final yeah. like blow yeah. that Oof. did it. You know? Oof. So it's just like, what the fuck? So either way. So anyways, yeah. So 15 years to life. I'm just going to hope that he does not get out yeah. <laughs> ever he does not deserve to that is a disgusting human being and to be honest if he does ever get out it's not like he's gonna be rehabilitated i think he's just gonna go on to hurt the next woman the next that victim. comes into his life um, or god forbid his kids let's just pray the children do not allow yeah. to be back in his custody let's just seriously pray that that's and you know what what is crazy is that they were saying during the trial that um it was clear that he was coaching the kids on like what to say mm. so one of i think the daughter was saying who was eight years old at the time was saying like yeah i did see her hit her head and then it was like the story of like took her to they took her to the bathroom carried her to the bathroom and then her head hit the wall because they were like, this is multiple wounds to her head. And then they're like, yeah, she hit the coffee table. Then we were carrying her to the bathroom. Her head <sighs> accidentally hit, hit the, the wall, wall multiple which was another, times. Yeah, and, it was yeah. like a whole thing. It was a whole thing, but it was it was pretty clear um, that they were being coached. But um, this, since it was this year, the daughter is now 18. And she was able to Damn. basically express that she has PTSD, that she knows that he's a terrible person she was like it's fucked up that we had to grow up without a mother um without a father like it's like it was Fuck. it's like all like really fucked up yeah um so since he was sentenced so recently we don't have information on exactly what happened the yeah. night of her death um, that's still like concealed information but all we know is that they did attend the party together the night before and witnesses saw them arguing before they left the party um, neighbors also heard them arguing from their house or from their apartment um, and their daughter who again is now 18 years old recalls her touching her mom's body on the day um, that on the day of her death and she said she remembers feeling how cold her body was and she knew it was weird but she didn't realize that it meant that she, that was, she was gone fuck that's oh the trauma 
The trauma. The trauma. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's and then the, the story. Thought, yeah. And then the thought of, like, not being able to, like, whoop your dad's ass. Seriously, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. like, what could you have done? Right. You know? Exactly. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's really fucked up because there was a, a friend of hers who was, like, a mentor to her. Because, remember, she was going to school to be a domestic violence counselor. Jeez. And she was working with this woman. I, I can't remember her name right now. But she worked at a shelter for abused children and women. And she God, just irony. she was just like remembering how she was trying to coach her out of this relationship. Shit. Like she was just like, dude, like I, I didn't know what to do. I knew she was in an, in an abusive relationship, but we know how it is with abusive relationships. It's not just, okay, I'm leaving, I'm out. It's mm -hmm. not that easy. No. Um, they definitely are manipulated and they're absolute victims and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, so it takes time, yeah. you know, it takes a lot of time. And she's like, it sucks because three days before her death, she was confiding in her family and was like, I think it's time to leave him. And then three days later, she, she was, died. yeah, she was killed. So. But yeah, that's the story of Zazel. Oh, that's so sad. I just, uh, when I saw this, it actually came across my timeline um, a while ago. And the headline was basically the part like, man, it drags the body of wife, props her up on the couch, and like in front of their kids, opening Christmas presents. And I was Shit. so shocked by that because I'm like, what kind of person? What kind of sick person? No, does it's that. Fucked. That's fucked. And then watching your kids touch their mom, yeah. they're thinking she's alive, but you know that she's dead. And then That's when sick. they when they that ask what's wrong with her, and then he gets on them like they did something wrong, yeah. like, or and, and then like to and say like, oh, she, she got ruined, drunk she and ruined she Christmas. ruined Christmas, yeah. and it's like, what kind of person? Sick. Yeah. Ugh. That's sick. That's it crazy. Is sick. It is sick. Mm. Yeah. Crazy story. Okay. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Crazy stories. I know. Um, on theme. Yeah, right? <laughs> toxic relationships to, you toxic know. Toxic work environments. Yeah, and yeah. fucking yeah that's crazy Dude, don't let <laughs> anyone pieces. or anything yeah. disturb your peace look for those red flags in every aspect not just relationships right in every aspect of your life look for those red flags and honestly know your red flags yeah i think like a lot of people they don't see the red flags because they don't know what their red flags are but like dude you have to know those yeah for sure, for sure. Definitely pay attention. Listen to your gut and as run. usual. Ooh, any chance it. that you get, please run before it's too late because it can absolutely be too late. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ugh, well, thank you guys for joining. Um, if you missed our Instagram live this week, uh, you can check it out on our IGTV. And once again, it'll commence on the next third Wednesday of the month. <laughs> I will actually keep a calendar and um, stay on top of whatever fucking date it is. Right. Um, so, yeah, definitely check that out. And um, gosh, let's uh, cheers it out to the next murder. Let's do it. Cheers. Clink, clink. clink. clink.